You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. An enemy is someone that is opposed to another or others. Person that takes an active stance against another person. An enemy is also someone that strives to to harm, injure, or destroy another person. Not on accident, on purpose. Trying to mess you up. Trying to do bad to you. Some of us know what it is for somebody to try to mess us up. Yeah. And don't think just because you done got in the church that you're not going to have enemies. Don't think just because you have changed your life, you no longer curse folk out that you're not going to have enemies. I know you don't care a knife like you used to. I know you even went so far as to take that 22 out your car. You sold your shotgun. You figure I'm in the church now. There ain't no need in me having all that. That's another subject, but, but let me just say before I go any further. I still have my knife. My old 22, and I, and brought me a few more things too. I, let me just put that on the table. I didn't get rid of my stuff. Thought about it, but I didn't get rid of my stuff. See, see, as a child of God, you have to know that you are going to have enemies. Yes, you are. You're going to have enemies. And, and a child of God needs to know specifically who his or her enemies are. Be, because some folks, you think all your enemies are, are really uh, not the enemies you should be concerned about or overly concerned about. You with me so far? So I want to show you biblically in reference to what a child of God should recognize as his or her enemies. All right? 
Let's go to the book of Psalm. We'll start there. Psalm 41 is where I want to go. That's where we're going to start. Psalm 41. Verse 5. Ready? Don't y'all fake on me. Now y'all, y'all make sure you go with me. Psalm 41 and 5. My enemies speak evil of me. And notice, when will he die? And his name perish. Now, the psalmist talks about how his enemies speak evil of him. But he also reveals that his enemies want him to die. And want him to die with a bad name. Want his name to just perish. Real enemies speak bad of you in public. Even go so far as to lie on you. I'm going to take you back a little bit. You remember when you had an enemy, how you talked about that person? Now, just be honest. Did you lie too? You didn't only speak evil, but you lied a little bit about the person. When you hate someone, you, you will go so far as not only to speak evil against him or her, but you'll tell a lie on the person. I wish y'all could see some of y'all faces when I said that. That's just the truth, isn't it? But see, you got, you got to understand, if, if a person is, is your enemy, that person going to talk about you. And have a wish concerning you. And here the Psalms, they, they, they wish that I would just die. And some folks want you to do bad. That's your enemy. I said, that's your enemy. They talk about you and, and they have a wish for you. A wish for you to do bad. I hope he lose everything he got. I hope he fall and fall hard. And I hope I'm present to see it. Speak evil of you and have a wish in reference to you. Now as a child of God. You don't, you don't need to wish that. Against your brothers. And sisters. Even though sometimes. You, you may be against each other. You having problems with each other. Because see the Bible tells us. As children of God. To do good to everybody. But especially. Those of the household of faith. Now that does not mean you're not going to have trouble with folk in the church. Yeah, you're going to have trouble with folk in the church. Yeah, it's going to be folk in here. You, you, may not, you may not even know their name right now, but you may know their name one day. And it, and it won't be a good thing because y'all going to have some trouble. 
but you're going to have to treat that person right even though you're having trouble. That's a tall order for some of us. But that's just the way we are supposed to be as children of God. All right? Let's go further. Let's go to Psalm 139. Psalm 139. And we'll start at verse 20. Psalm 139, we'll start at verse 20. Ready? I hear some of you still turning. Y'all there? We're in the same book now. We're just 139th chapter. Here we go. Psalm 139, 20. For they speak against you wickedly. Your enemies take your name in vain. Then he gets even more plain in verse 24. Do I not hate them, O Lord, who hate you? God has enemies. And whoever hates the Lord or considers him or herself an enemy of God becomes our enemies. You ain't going to hate my God and think I'm going to like you. Am I right? I said, you're not going to hate my God and think I'm going to like you. You're not going to talk bad about my Lord and think me and you going to be okay. He the best thing that ever happened to me. I got, I got to stand for him. Amen. Look at it again. Verse 21. Do I not hate them, O Lord, who hate you? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them my enemies. This is a person that loves God. And when you love God and you hear folks say crazy stuff or put your God down, you, you, got, you got to talk. Don't you, don't you say that about my Jesus. I was talking to a religious person uh, that was saying that they, they believe in Jesus, but that Jesus is just a prophet. I said, the devil is a liar. You're talking about my God. I said, he ain't just no prophet. I said, Jesus is God. I said, when he came to earth, he was God in Flesh, or he was a hundred percent man, but he was also a hundred percent God. He was Emmanuel, God with us. He was Yeshua, the powerful God that brought salvation, as well as the King of Kings. How many get upset when folk try to talk about your Jesus? Or talk about your God. And you do it really take you doing all you do to serve your God. I tell them it take more than what I do. I tell them if I had a hundred thousand tongues. I, I still couldn't give him enough. 
praise because he he has done so much for me that I don't have the words. Words can't even come out of my mouth quick enough to give him the honor that's due to his name. Do you feel that way? And so the psalmist, the psalmist so loved God and, and recognized that there that God had enemies to where he said, I have perfect, a complete hatred when it comes to folk that hate you. I have complete hatred. And I think that's how all of us should be as children of God. You should hate folks that talk about your God. You know, I've seen folks that, that'll take up for their preacher but won't take up for their God. No, that ain't right because you putting preacher before God. You put your God before anybody. You put your God before your mama, your daddy, your preacher, your wife, your husband, and so forth. Nobody but nobody should come before our God. That's the reason the first and great commandment is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your might, etc. You love him with everything. Your entire being. He should be number one. Am I talking right? Can we go further? Let's go to Galatians. Let's go to the New Testament and find out enemies of children of God. And I'm going to need you to hold on because whoo, this is going to be tough right here. Yeah, it is. This is going to be tough right here. We, but we got, this, we got to take a look at it. We got to take a look at it. Go with me to Galatians. We, we got to look at it. Lord, have mercy. Y'all ready? Galatians 4, 16. Now, this is what Paul, the pastor of the church, as the church. Galatians 4 and 16. He asked the church, have I therefore become your enemy? Because I tell you the truth. Paul was like, I got some enemies in the church. Paul, Paul wanted no point blank. Am I your enemy? Well, my name ain't Paul. But I need to know. Because there's some folks that don't want to hear the truth. I said there's some folks that don't want to hear the truth. You, folk leave churches because of the truth. You know, there, there are certain things that, that, that uh, folks hear that I preach. And they automatically say, I ain't going to that church. If he preaching stuff like that, I, I, ain't, going, I ain't going to that church. And it, it does not matter that what, what I'm teaching or preaching is according to scripture. When they hear that, you know, he teach against this and he say this, that, and the other. He believe in something. They, they, they ain't even asking the question, is it Bible? Is it the truth? And some folks that do not like preachers that tell them the truth. Let, let, let me tell you something. And I, I want you to really listen to this. 
the truth is going to hurt. Sometimes. Preacher is not above the truth. See, some folks think when the preacher teaches the word, that it's just for them and not the preacher. No, it has to start with the preacher. I know you have preachers that say, look, you just listen to what I say and you don't worry about what I do. But no. It starts with the preacher. See, if, 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 if I didn't want you to know the truth, that, that means I don't want the truth. I want the truth. Even if I don't commit to doing the truth, I still want the truth. And see, even if you're not ready to commit to doing all you need to do, you should still want to know the truth. I tell folks, I, say, I just want to know the truth. I said, I, I, I don't want nobody to play around with it because if truth is the thing that's going to make me free, give it to me. Give me what's going to make me free. Give me what's going to help me in this life. Even if I'm not ready to put it into action fully, let me know. That way I'll know I got to get this right here right eventually. But don't tell me that it's okay for me to do what the Bible says is not okay for me to do. Give me the truth. Just tell me the truth. Don't, don't play around with me. Give me the truth. But see, Paul was to the point to where he, he just had to ask them, have, have I become, become your enemy because I tell you the truth? See, revelation has to come from the preacher. You can read this all day. But you're not going to get the revelation that God wants you to have except through a preacher. Why is that? That's just his setup. That's that's the reason Romans, the 10th chapter, uh, the 14th through the 17th verse, asked this question right here. How shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they hear or receive the revelation of God without a preacher? You got to have a preacher. And see, some things that, that a preacher going to bring to the table may just shake your little world a little bit. Because you're feeling pretty good about what you're doing. And then all of a sudden, the preacher brings forth truth. And you be like, oh, good God, this thing I like, I can't do. Well, Rem so-and-so told me it was all right for me to do this. But now here come Walker talking about it. Now, it ain't Walker, baby. It ain't Walker. It ain't Walker. Now, hold on. Now, Walker gave the revelation, but you better look at that Bible. Look at that Bible. See, some folks try to call what I, what I teach and preach sometimes Walker. No. Look at the Bible. It's just Walker with the revelation. And the revelation going to always be based upon the scripture. It's going to always be based upon the word. Y'all okay? The question's still on the table, though. Say to your neighbor, the question's still on the table. Walker want to know, is he your enemy? Because he's telling you the truth. 
I mean, I tell you the truth whether I'm up here or whether you ask me a question. Pastor, you think it'll be all right if I do such a No. And, and you just knew he going to say, yeah, and then I say, no, and then I give you reason. That, that may just upset you. I, I, uh, well, it hasn't happened before. But see, I'm going to tell you the truth, number one, because I feel God more than anybody else. Number two, I ain't going to hell for you. Number three, I don't want you to go to hell. I don't want nobody to go to hell. If telling the truth calls you to leave the church, bye. But I'm going to tell you the truth. You, you understand what I'm saying? A lot of folks are left because of the truth, but, but I got to tell you the truth. You understand, if I don't tell you the truth, the Bible says that when it comes to the preacher, blood going to be on his hands. He's going to be responsible. So I have to say it. Now, I'm going to say it right, and I'm going to try to really explain it, but I have to tell you the truth. But see, the truth may have you like, I don't like him, Walker. Oh, man, he just too cut and dry. He go deep into that word, and he just say this, that, and the other. I just, he make me feel uncomfortable sometimes. That's what the word will do. But I'm going to tell you something. It just ain't you. It starts with the preacher. It starts with the preacher. And see, Paul understood it. That's the reason he said to the church, he, he said, woe be unto me if I don't preach the gospel. And the gospel equates the truth. He was just like, I'm in trouble if I don't tell folks the truth. And you got some preachers that, that, that don't have a conscience. They'll just throw something out there to make, make folks shout, holler, dance, do whatever, because they're in it for the money. God have blessed me financially it's when it comes to the church and outside the church. But it ain't no money that's going to make me compromise. I can go back to making zero. I made zero for years. I tell y'all about the $25 that they eventually paid me, but for years, I wouldn't get one quarter from the church. And we'll go back to getting zero. If I have a choice between giving you the truth, I'm going to tell the truth. Lord have mercy. Woo, Jesus. But now, you're holding on? If you going to follow preacher as preacher follows Jesus, that means you're going to have to tell folk the truth. That means if your son is in error, you're going to have to tell your son the truth. You can't be telling your son, well, you know, preacher don't believe this, but it's okay. No, get preacher out of it and just bring in the Bible. If the Bible says it's wrong, it's wrong. If the Bible says it's right, it's right. Let every man be a liar, but let God or let his word be true. Amen? Amen. Lord, I'm staying on this a minute, but how many are getting it? How many are receiving it? You got to tell folk the truth. You got to tell them the truth. 
Like the guy I was telling you about, the religious guy trying to tell me that I shouldn't believe that Jesus is Lord. I said, look, I said, I, said, I don't only know he's Lord because of the scripture. I said, I know that's who changed my life. I said, I know that's who changed my life. I know that's the reason I am what I am. And I said, more than that, I have seen the scripture come to fruition. Time and time again. I'm not the only one. Some of you in here, you, you, you have seen God do exactly what he said he would do in here. Let me see by a show of hands. You see what I'm talking about? It's his word. This right here done changed us. And when he sent forth the revelation, the, the revelation is so powerful to where it, it will cause folks who speak certain things on your life to turn into a lie. Because when God sends forth his word, it's not going to return unto him void. I don't care what a man has said. If God tells you something, that thing is going to come to fruition. Am I right? And so as children of God, we have to know our enemies. And I only gave you three. We have to know that enemies are going to speak evil against us. We have to know that we're going to have enemies that, that actually hate our God. And you, and you have to know that when it comes to the church, starting with the preacher, some, certain folks you tell the truth going to automatically become your enemies. And it's going to start with folks in the church. But it ain't going to stay in the church. Because certain folks you tell the truth, they just get mad. Yeah. But when it comes to Matthew 10, Jesus, in verses 34 through 36, talked about household enemies. Enemies in the family. He even, even went so far as to say that, that it was going to be to the point to where a son was going to be against his father. A daughter going to be against her mother. Daughter-in-law going to be against mother-in-law. Going to be against now. I, I, I understand the meaning of, of against in reference to having enemies in your own family. Number one, it, it says that you're going to have folk in your own family that's going to be critical of you. That's going to find fault with you because of who you worship. Going to find fault with you because you have dedicated yourself to the worship of the one true God. Yeah, she act like that church and that God is the most important thing it is. Critical of you. You, you tell them, well, I, I ain't going to be able to do such and such because... 
you know, I got to do this for God. Do you always have to do something for God? Do you always? Critical of you. Not in favor of the way you worship. When they're against you, they're not in favor of the way you worship. They disapprove of your worship. I know y'all don't believe in folk doing such and such. But at our church, our preacher and our committee say it's okay. But, but see, when, when you really Christian, it's bigger than people on a committee. You don't have to ask Pastor Walker if it's okay for you to do this, that, and the other. You, you just search the scripture. Because that's all he's going to do. He's going to tell you what the scripture say as to whether it's right or not. But when folks base what they can and can't do on what a committee says at the church. And, and, and that says that the committee is actually bigger than the scripture and folks will be critical yeah I know y'all believe in all that dancing and shouting and stuff over there but we, we just believe in just having praise in our heart praise, praise, praise in your heart what you talking about <laughs> biblically when it even talks about praise, it talks about clapping. It talks about dancing. It talks about uttering hallelujah. It talks about waving the hand and so forth. It, it never talks about keeping it in you. If it's a true praise, it's going to come out. See, see you, you can't just say that is, is what your church does because everything about a place of refuge from a pastoral standpoint is based upon this. And see, when, when, when even family members go so far as to criticize your worship, that's your opportunity to open up the scripture and share with them that, look, this right here is bigger than walk. Walker didn't die for my sins. Walker didn't do this, that, and the other. What I do is bigger than Walker, bigger than the deacon board, bigger than the elders board. What I do is because it's what my Jesus, what my God, what Yahweh, Jehovah has ordained for me to do. Because if it's just based upon the preacher, what's going to happen when Walker die? Yeah, I'm going to die. And if your worship is based upon Walker, when I die, you're going back to the world. Why? Because your God done die. So when folk criticize you, pull out your word. 
Let them know, look, the reason we do what we do at the refuge is because it's based upon such and such and such and such and such and such. It's bigger than our preacher. I ain't been on no cross for you. I ain't took no 39 stripes on my back for you. Some preachers act like they're God. I ain't God. I don't have no all power. I still get mad. I still say things occasionally that I ain't got no business saying. I ain't, I ain't God. Look at somebody say that he ain't God. God, flawless, perfect, omniscient, omnipotent. God can do anything save faith. That ain't walk. Woo, that ain't walk. Come on, say that to somebody. That ain't walk. Get this. Jesus said, the reason we're going to have household enemies, you're holding on, is because of him. Jesus said, you, you, you think that, that I don't that I, that I come and, and I brought some, some peace with me? Oh, no, I, I, I ain't bring no peace. I'm still in Matthew 10, 34 through 36. He said, I came with a sword. I, I, did, I didn't come. So you and your family would be in harmony. No, I came with a sword. Jesus is the reason. But one reason why you're going to have household enemies. Jesus. Now, now you have to understand that, that Jesus is bigger than just the person. Because Jesus connotes a number of things from a biblical standpoint that I'm, I'm going to deal with for a minute. He said, I'm the one. It, it, it's going to be me that's going to be the reason you and your husband are going to be against each other. I'm going to be the reason. Now, if he slapped you, that ain't me. But I'm going to be the reason why. Y'all going to be against each other. So don't get no idea like, Psh, I had to do that because of Jesus. No, you didn't have slapped that girl. No, I want to just clear that up. But let's consider what Jesus is or who Jesus is. John 14 first. Let's go there. Lord have mercy. Y'all stay with me. I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. John 14 and 6. Jesus said to his disciples or to Peter in particular uh, or to Thomas in particular. He said, I am the way, the truth, 
and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He was, let, he was letting him know that, look, I, I'm, I'm the way. The direction you're looking for, that's me. I'm truth. Yeah, I know you done heard such and such, but if you want to know the truth, that's who I am. Yeah, I know they, they done told you they can give you a certain type of life, but if you really want life, I am life. And see, when you start telling folk that God going to bless you because he's the way, truth, and the life, or God is going to do certain things for you because he's the way, truth, and the life, you're going to have enemies. Because some folks don't agree with that statement. Or they don't agree with that truth. This is real that he is the way, the truth, and the life. But some folks don't want to hear that. In your family. Even in your church family. And then he turned around and said, look, the only way you can get to the Father is through me. Basically saying that there is one name given if you're going to be saved. And that name is Jesus. And see, a whole lot of folks have a problem with that because they say, look, that just ain't right that the only way you can get to heaven is through Jesus. Well, that's the way God set it up. You have to go through Yahweh, Yeshua, Jehovah, the Kyrios. And I can go on and on and on with the names of Jesus. But you have to go through Jesus. Jesus equates salvation. But specifically, it equates. Jesus equates salvation through God. The door that gives a person eternal life. And when you tell folk that look, if if you want your life to change, it's going to take Jesus. They say, well, I think I can do it with that church. Well, that's your choice, but I'm, I'm just telling you based upon the word. But they'll become your enemy because they get offended when you bring up who Jesus is. John 1, go there with me. Lord have mercy. John, the first chapter. We're looking at who Jesus is and because, re- remember again, he's he going to be the one that's going to cause you to have household enemies. How many see that? This ain't no walk of one and one, is it? It's real. Look at John 1 and 1. John first chapter, first verse and following. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was what? And then verse 14 says and the word became flesh or Jesus. Because the word that became flesh is Jesus. But going back to... uh, The third verse, all things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was what? See, when you tell folks that, look, Jesus is going to make a way for me, and they they be like, you better do such and such. Don't be thinking Jesus is going to do such and such. Because they don't believe Jesus can make ways for you. But if he made everything, and nothing was made without him, 
Understand this. What that says to us based upon Hebrews 13 and 8 is that he's still making things. Why do you say that? Because Hebrews 13 and 8 says this right here. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But when you tell folks, Jesus is going to work this out for me. He's going to make it happen. They look at you like, he's going to make it happen. You need to use common sense. Because what you're saying don't make no sense. Get what that person has become, your enemy. Why? Because they're speaking against your God. How many are following? You sure? And so Jesus said again that I didn't come to bring peace. He said, I came with a sword. I better read that again because I'm getting ready to deal with this. And I don't want you sitting there uh, wondering. So I need to read it one more time. Matthew 10. Look at, look at what he says here in verse 34. Matthew 10, 34. Do not think that I, I came to bring, help me, peace. on what? I did not come to bring peace, but on what? I, I, did, I didn't come to make it harmonious at your house. Or my truth is not going to make it harmonious at your house. My truth is going to cause war, a fight. I come with a sword. Literally, a sword represents a fight, a war. And the one thing that folk would get upset about is when you start talking about what God going to do for you and how powerful he is. God will heal you and folk, you better take that medicine. Why? Because they don't understand the power of God. You're not telling folk not... To take this, that, and the other. You're just telling them that God is a healer. But see, folks who are anti-God will say, look, you better do such and such. Talking about that God. I didn't come with peace. I came with a sword. And I told you, literally it speaks of war, a fight. And you have that when folks are in the same household or in the same family and one believes in Jesus and another one is sinner. Or one believes in Jesus and another is religious. It's going to be a fight. Every folks say, you know, they, they say this, that, and the other about you, Pastor, because you teach, say, 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 well, that's just Bible. It's going to happen. God bless them anyhow. Well, that's just how you have to take it. You can't get mad about it because it's Bible. It's going to happen. But understand that when it comes to the sword, you also have to look at it from a spiritual and biblical standpoint, which, which is used in, in a figurative sense. Go with me to the book of Ephesians. Lord have mercy. I'm closing. Y'all ought to have it by now. Ephesians chapter 6. This is what Paul said to the church, told them to take. 
or get a hold or to possess. The word take here means to possess. Ephesians 6 and 17. Ready? He said, take the helmet of salvation. And we're getting your mind, in your heart, what it is to be saved, delivered, or free. But then he says, and the sword of the, help me, which is what? See, the sword represents here in this verse two things. It represents, number one, the spirit. It represents the spirit. What, what is the most powerful thing about the spirit in reference to what Jesus said? This is what I think it is. John 16, 13 says, when it comes to the spirit, the spirit will guide you into all truth. It's good to have the word, but you have to rightly divide the word. You, you have to make sure that you apply the word the way it needs to be applied. And in order for that to happen, it's going to take the spirit. He says, take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now notice he didn't say the written word. He just said the word of God. Because he was not only speaking just of what is written, but what is revealed. Jesus, I brought the sword. And that's what he came with. The word. That's the reason in, in the book of Revelation, when it, when it talks about Jesus, it talks about the one that came with the sword out of his mouth. Speaking of the word, how his word is so powerful. That the, the best literal thing to, to describe it in one sense is a sword. Something that cuts up stuff. Devours what needs to be devoured. Let's take it further. Let's go to John the 6th chapter. Keep, keep in mind, we're talking about the sword now. He's bringing the sword. And the sword, we, we understand uh, that it is the spirit and the word of God. Right? We got that so far. Let's go to John 6. John the 6th chapter. I'm closing with this. Y'all ought to be full. So full to where you can't get out everything. You're going to have to get a CD. Now notice the 63rd verse in John 6. Now, this is what Jesus said. It is the spirit who gives help me. The flesh prophets. The words that I speak to you are. And they are what? The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. But notice what, what he says the spirit does. He says the flesh prophet is what? The spirit does what? Gives life. It causes beginnings. It causes growth. It causes productivity. It gives life. You can't truly receive the word of God and not be prosperous. 
You can't truly receive what God gives you week in and week out and stay in the same place. If you stay in the same place, it's not because it's not because of God. Because when God releases his word, he releases it to cause you to grow, to prosper, to have new beginnings. How many are understanding? How many further understand based upon the topic that you're going to have, household enemies? All right, I'm going to stop right there. Let's give the Lord a hand and pray. Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.